0: The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8th, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover. Cover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof: Murder at the Warehouse. Wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for premium subscribers, and as always, thank you for your support.
1: Get analogies. Love is my your reality created supernaturally. I pitifully of disbelief falsehoods and the fallacies. Close your eyes easily, disappear into the scenery. That's how I raise my frequency and facilitate an OBE.
0: That's one of the latest compositions from Truth Seeker. He's a Christian mystic, Amazon best selling author, visionary artist, and seer, and also. A songwriter, Truthseeker has released over 200 songs, each one relating to the subject of spirituality. His journey has brought him through research and experience with the occult, paranormal, Christianity, ufology, and the spirit realm. This has led him into many mystical encounters with God, angels, spirits, and many other supernatural beings. He's the host of the Truth Seeker podcast and has interviewed hundreds of experts and leaders in their fields of supernatural, religious, philosophical, and paranormal studies. Truth Seeker has made it his life's work to understand the spiritual realms and relate it back to people in a practical way. He's the author of Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God, with a foreword by none other than Jordan Maxwell. Truth Seeker, welcome. How are you? I'm great, man. Who were you before you were truth seeker?
1: Always been truth seeker. Just didn't have a label on it. Mm. Yeah.
0: What changed the trajectory of your life? Was there a particular moment? Did you get taken somewhere? Did you fall through a door in the floor? What happened?
1: Yeah, probably all of that. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I uh, i like to trace all of this stuff back. Everything I'm doing right now, my music and writing books and just talking about the paranormal and the occult and peering into the unknown. I trace it back to an encounter that I had at four years old, waking up in the middle of the night and having those uh, shadow beings present in my room and laying on my chest, pinning me down to the bed. So I had that experience at four and I never forgot it. And so that dictated the uh, movies that I rented as as a kid and teenager going to the movie store and back in the early nineties and also telling ghost stories and sleepovers, I would always try to find a way to weave that story in and ask anybody if, they, if they've ever had that happen. And you'd hear different things from, yeah, my dad had it happen to him. Oh yeah. There's a man with a top hat who comes into the room and yeah, these, these little creatures and they're witches. And, and some people say that they're good. And so I would always weave that in. And then I would, you know, be truth seeker, you know, at the uh, sleepover and birthday party and uh, didn't have a name for it, but it it definitely shaped my life. That experience that happened at four years old. That must've
0: been incredibly, I mean, that would be traumatic for anybody, any (laughs) age, but for a four-year-old, how did that, how did that affect you? Did it affect you in school? Did it affect your relationships with siblings or parents?
1: Yeah. um, It's really hard to say. You know, I think, Hindsight's 2020. 20, so we're just like looking back, trying to unpack this stuff because a lot of it's slippery. A lot of the stuff, whenever you're that young, um, I only have a few memories, you know, and that's one of them. And I, ha- I have a couple of memories of, of my childhood that stick out and play almost like a movie or something that was in a book. So um just trying to unpack it and just being that guy always into. Like I said, it, it led me to get into mysterious stuff early on, witchcraft, the occult. I mean, at 10, 11 years old, you know, studying occult books and trying to conjure spirits and all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it definitely made me that guy, you know, and I, I am who I am today because of that. And, and that led to other staple moments in my life that, you know, you can look back over it and say, OK, this is when I changed there. That's when I lost my innocence. This is when I got intrigued with UFOs and all of that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate those moments in my life.
0: So where are you right now in your understanding of what those shadow figures were during that episode?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to speak as an expert. You know, I do speak as a truth seeker as well. And uh so right now it, it really seems like it's some type of um the guardians of some type of realm, some type of calling, because most people who have those type of experiences, especially at a young age, they go on to do some interesting stuff for spirituality. They begin to uh, take that path of being a light worker and a healer and a shaman, and they get into a lot of this stuff. And that's one thing that a lot of people that I've talked to over the years have in common. So the understanding that they could be trying to scare you, and it's a veil that you have to pass through and come upon your own free will, um, marking you from a young age to, uh, to watch over you and uh, to almost help, help you dictate the course of your life to get into your destiny, to be a healer, to be a shaman, a priest, whatever it is. It's usually people who have those traumatic experiences who get called to do what they would call light work or something like that.
0: So they're serving a purpose ultimately of good, you're saying? Yeah,
1: for sure. I think so. I think so in the end. I think everything does. And that's the the meaning of my book is how God or the universe uses everything for your greater good, your greater purpose. Now, when you're going through it, you don't see that. That's why I speak that everything is in hindsight, wherever the, we're, we're not in it anymore. You know, when you're laying in your bed and there's beings there and you're trying to you know, hope they don't kidnap you or take you out of your room or whatever the case is. It's scary, but it shapes us into the people that we are today and the things we're into. Again, the movies that I choose to watch and the conversations I choose to have. So I think that all of that makes us who we are. And I'm thankful for all of it as well.
0: So if we were to look at this, it's not a video game. But if I were to use that analogy, that's those the the, the shadow people are sort of the first that's the, the, the first stage in the game, right? You first, you encounter this, the shadow people. If you can deal with them, then you get onto the stage two. Is that how it works?
1: Exactly. I use that analogy a lot. It definitely is a, a video game analogy and leveling up, um, accessing new levels, whether it's spiritually, whether it's um, physically. You get new weapons when you beat a boss in a stage and you get experience points. And and now you can deal with the big guys. Now, okay, now that you handled this, now we wanna show you who's really behind it. Now that we know that once your faith and your, your belief in what you thought was real crumbles, you didn't crumble. You're, you're still here and you didn't leave. You didn't leave religion. You didn't leave your spirituality on the table and you're still here. Okay. He wants more. So I really do believe that God or the collective consciousness, whatever we call God is it's scripted. Like the video game has a programmer. And so we unlock new things and okay, there's coding that this person is peering, peering into our coding and wants to know how to manipulate the video game or what we would call the matrix. So there's so much analogy when it gets into programming and video games and Maybe that even opens the question for that a lot of people are having right now about maybe this is some type of simulation. Right. So if it is, there has to be a programmer, you know.
0: Right. That was Nick Bostrom, I think, who sort of formulated that idea. Um, What comes after the shadow people? What's level two in this game?
1: Level two, and so you got the shadow people, and then um, for me, you know, it was it was aliens, you know. But but again, it all started off as evil stuff as bad. I was scared of them and I'm praying against them and I'm helping people, um, you know, try to get them out of their life and their influence and, and their belief and stuff. So it was, you know, aliens was something that I was into early on watching movies that unlocked something within me. Like, uh, I remember seeing fire in the sky at, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And that just traumatizing me. But Travis still, that, story. Yeah, exactly. Horror movie. It was what it what it was for us, and uh, you know, it it traumatized me. But I was still intrigued. I just kept renting those movies. I wanted other people to see it, you know. And then uh, it's interesting because other people would have this, these same experiences or watch the same movies, but they don't have that relationship with it. Now, in the sense of watching a lot of that stuff, there's a sense of PTSD that comes with it because as somebody's watching a fantasy movie. I'm watching something that that really happened. I remember watching The Sixth Sense with my my family just a couple of years ago with my daughter and wife. And we'd seen that years ago when it came out, but I'm in tears now. The movie means something, it's different to me now about somebody who has the ability to see into other realms and communicate. So that's a level. At at level one, I didn't know that, that was that movie was about me. I didn't know that the video games and the posters and the stuff that was going on, that it was really telling my story or it influenced it in, in some way. Level two, the aliens. When you were watching movies, you were reading books, but was it also experiential? Um, as a young man, just being intrigued, uh, being scared, because again, when we're watching horror movies, these are, are monsters that could or most likely exist somewhere. And so that's what made it real. That's what it made it. When you turn the lights off, it's scary. And you see lights in the sky because they're going to come get you and abduct you and take you away and do experiments on you. So I I approached that out of fear and only seen, you know, lights in the sky. We would see flickers of stuff falling out of the sky and, and what looked to be a a UFO, but every all of that stuff came full circle with the uh, UFOs and ufology. Once um, I got out of the, everything is evil phase out of the witchcraft phase and got into the light and a better understanding and and studying of of ancient scriptures and mostly the Bible. And there were some things that I, that in my research, I would, I would read in in the Bible about the chariots of fire and the cloud by day and the the fire by night and these angels that would travel back and forth from heaven to earth. And, and it really uh, connected the field of ufology with the Bible and that these could be angels. So with that notion, um, I began to to go out and try to make contact, to go out and meditate, to go out and pray under the night sky. I seen a couple people do it in videos and supposedly had results. Prophet Yahweh was, was the first thing that I saw. And I found a website early on called BibleUFO.com by Patrick Cook. And I try to say his name as much as I can. He's, he's no longer with us, but his work uh, spoke volumes, especially from a biblical understanding. So I went out under the night sky and, and I started making contact and things started happening, like lights coming out of stars and a whole fleet of what I would call UFOs or angels would show up like on command and fill up the entire night sky or the day sky as well. It's one thing to start seeing them at nighttime, but then when you start seeing them during the day and it's connected with your psyche, it's connected with some type of telepathic communication, just so they, as soon as you see them, it's like, oh, there it is. And then it's gone. Like they're there long enough for you to see them, know that you saw them and disappear. So for me, that's when things started getting strange with ufology and having those experiences with what we would call UFOs or or angels.
0: You mentioned a telepathic communication. So was there like a download? Uh, what yeah. was the nature of the communication?
1: It was, um, you know, in, in the field that, you know, I'm, I'm a seeker, I'm a researcher, and I interview people who've had these similar experiences as well, because I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I'm trying to find out more. Just like I said about being four years old, a lot of it's slippery. Um, I don't know. They don't tell me how their propulsion systems work. They don't tell me their religion and, um, all of that kind of stuff where people come back with a lot of information to tell you, it was just, it's more of just like a, a, you know, we're here watching over you. Everything's okay. You know, just little stuff about if you want to continue this, take care of your diet, meditate more and to continue the the communication. And the communication, I believe, was also like through synchronicities, things moving around in, in your life and seeing signs and billboards and movies and songs and things that begin to connect dots. Once you're on that narrow path, I would say. So there was like, it was like an inner knowing of through stargazing and through having that communion and it would continue through uh, meditation as well. But a lot of it was just like, I needed early on to see that they were out there to know that they were real. So I needed to physically see something in the night sky. And so, a lot of times it was like, hey, look over here. Here we are. And you would look, you'd see it. And it was just a thought that popped in my head. Hey, here we are. Look over here. There it is. Um, and, and just l- little downloads that you can't explain. Like um, I remember seeing a jet flying across the sky and I seen the jet and I had the download saying that the jet was going to fly towards one of our craft to scare us away so that we would leave. And so seeing the jet, had the thought, looked, Boom, it was directly headed towards this uh, silver disc in the, in the sky during the day. And as soon as I seen it, it shined really bright and disappeared. It was like, wow, thank you for allowing me to see it before you disappeared. And early on, like it was something that I needed and it, it birthed something inside of me of like creativity and the angels are real and something greater is, is real. God is real. It's not, you know, heaven is not a place that we go to when we die but heaven could be a place that exists past the stars that these beings are traveling back and forth from, from heaven to earth.
0: So you've made that connection then that the, the, the pilots let's call them of these craft mm-hmm. are the angels of the Bible.
1: I think so. I think so. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, if they're even craft, you know, you have some that we look at like that I've seen that, that looked like the, um, Cigar-shaped UFOs kind of stuff that, that everyone's seen or saw pictures of in videos at least. But the interesting ones are the ones that seem to be made out of fire. The ones that are like just lights that are traveling through the sky and stopping on a dime and shape-shifting and morphing. So in a sense, it's like I'm not sure that that is actually a, a, you know, a nuts and bolts craft that is being piloted. But it is an entity itself that is massive and it's shining in the heavens and and we're, we're catching a glimpse of it. So, um, and it could be different things, but for me and my understanding, I would say that the fire beings, you know, the Bible refers to them as the, the seraphim, the beings that are made out of fire that carry the knowledge and the mysteries and wisdom of God. So when we're talking about downloads, if we see one, you may be able to to extract some of that knowledge just by seeing them and, and acknowledging their presence, so it opens up a lot of uh, doors for exploration. Um, and there's so many different types of angels, too. So to say that across the board, they are physical beings or created beings or thought forms that uh, just continue and, and, and shape the way uh, the, the destiny of a nation and the way that people feel and interact. There's a lot of stuff with essences and angels and spirits. And it's just this beauty of what I found is, is the exploration of it all. So that's fascinating. the the um,
0: the idea that these are from the angelic realm. Uh, Do you also subscribe to the idea
1: of fallen angels? I do, I do. But the caveat for me is that they don't. That the sky is the heavens. The Bible says that when you gaze into the heavens, you look up into the heavens and behold, I saw this. And so, the idea for me that even allows me to step into this without fear because I am a, a Christian, I am, I've researched the Bible and it's, it's, it is it is my plumb line. If I can find it in there, then it's like a breadcrumb to go a little bit deeper. So fallen angels fell or were kicked out of heaven or the heavens. Uh, in Christian, and I have to say that because in Christian ufology across the board, what, everything that I'm saying is demonic. All of these are demons and they would tell you to stay away from them. And they'd go into Aleister Crowley and all of this, you know, abduction scenarios and stuff like that. So, um, fallen angels fell, they were kicked out of heaven. And so they're not flying around the heavens in spaceships and craft and abducting people. They're down here on the earth with us. They're on the earth. They occupy this, the air and the space around us, these fallen entities. So, Uh, I I definitely believe in them, but I wouldn't make the connection that they're traveling the universe, coming to fallen angels, abducting people. Oh, that's interesting.
0: So they are literally earthbound. They've been banished.
1: Yep. In other words. They can't go back to heaven. They got
0: kicked out. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShabi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the Dead Files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love Tales of the Paranormal, but if you want more... Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh,
1: oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Because I was going to ask you, occasionally we'll see footage on YouTube from NASA. Some people call it never a straight answer, NASA. But you have this footage of these from the International Space Station, a camera, and you'll see a little light flit across the screen. And then sometimes I've seen one of these, it almost looks like some sort of dogfight, you know, lights chasing each other. And like they're engaged in those classic World War II or World War I airplane battles. And then, of course, the feed will be cut and we won't hear anything about it. So I was going to ask you whether that might be um angels, as in seraphim, cherubim, God's messengers doing battle with fallen angels.
1: I think so. But again, to caveat it, my ideal understanding is that, because there's, there's also similar footage of plasma beams being shot from the earth when these craft get too close to the earth. That w- our military is is shooting stuff at them. So whether it's fallen angels and and regular angels or God's messengers at war, I would my understanding is that the people who are running our planet right now aren't aren't the good guys. And so I believe that God and His angels, His messengers that are watching over humanity, they're the good guys. And so we're subject to the bad guys right now. Um, even though that I do believe that the good guys are watching over humanity, making sure that we don't push the reset button too soon, those kind of things. Um, so I, so I think that we're at war with them. I think that our space program and our, um, you know, space force that, that Trump, you know, got behind, or at least told us was out there, obviously, um, most likely was, has been going on for a very long time. Um, so I think that the good, yeah, there, there is a war and, um, I think, but I think it's our leaders and the world leaders against them. I think that this is their the the kingdom of darkness that's that's on the earth right now. They don't want to give this up. You know, they don't want to share power. And at 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 some point, I think those biblical prophecies, not only the Bible prophecies, but all of the holy book prophecies about the messiahs and the Maitreas and those beings coming back to take their rightful place in humanity, maybe create. Uh, utopia here on the earth that somebody has to give up their kingdom because these two kingdoms can't coexist. Uh, Edgar Casey talked about that the battle of Armageddon will most likely be fought in outer space. So I, I do believe that there's a war going on. Um, it, and Am I an expert across the board to say that it isn't different ET races fighting over dominance of humanity? You know, you hear a lot of different things, but uh, and from my studies my spiritual path, my opinion is that there's a level of, of spirituality. There's a level of um, evolution that you have to ascend to, to even take your place amongst the stars. And I think that we're on that journey in humanity. And there's a, there's an, you know, a global awakening happening, happening right now with people all over the world and our leaders don't like it. They don't want us to, awaken or ascend there's this there's this only only this far only this much uh, that comes with that so I think that there's a code of conduct code of ethics out there and that the, the beings are good and that whether even if there are different ones that there there's a there's a council you know there's a there, there is a plumb line of, of what's allowed and I don't think that we're really allowed out there because of we're too animalistic right now we have to ascend, we have to evolve. And I think we I think we have been collectively. I think that what's going on individually for me and for many people listening to this, they're on their own spiritual journey. And so when enough of us wake up, that's the evolution or the awakening of, of the, the planet. We all we think it's just us. But if it if what's happening to you is happening across the globe and it is, that's the planet awakening, awakening, and people ascending and choosing good and Trying to right their wrongs, and if the whole planet is doing this, yeah, that we're, we're changing the environment. So I think that we are starting to wake up, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of more UFO sightings and people making contact with these type of uh, benevolent beings. And, and
0: well, this was what it was like during the old the Old Testament. Certainly, the age of miracles, and 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 people had prophets had regular communication mm-hmm. with angels, and we we tend to think that that was then, this is now, we, you know, that, that connection has been severed. But as you say, this, this communication, angelic communication now seems to be ramping up again. So what is that portend? Do you believe in an end times?
1: I do. Um, and I, but I'm not, actually, I'm, I'm a preterist for the most part. And that's one who believes that most of, if not all of the Bible has already been fulfilled, but in in a, in a greater sense of the way things are going right now, at least there's a hope that there's going to be some type of of uh, change to come. That we will enter some type of utopia um, where heaven comes to earth and and those kind of things. So um, for the most part, I'm a preterist. I do believe that you know most of, if not all of, the Book of Revelation has already happened. The prophecies that Jesus spoke about um, literally happened in in uh, 70 A.D. and the generations that that were there on, on the earth experienced that as he said they would. So um, as far as, cause a lot of people think that we're in the end times right now. And and I, I think that trying to project um, that upon us, it, it brings a lot of fear and hysteria. And, and, and I think it takes away for the people who live through a lot of that stuff as well. Whether we look at the early martyrs and the the, 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 the early church and, and what they went through, like they lived through those prophecies And we're trying to project ourselves into someone else's story. So we see a lot of that going on. So when it comes to the end time scenarios and of like biblical proportions, I want to, I want to, you know, um, make sure I honor those people who went through that stuff that we're fantasizing about. But as far as seats of power changing and some type of off world influence helping that would be of biblical proportions for sure. I I do see that coming and I, I don't know when, um, maybe it's, maybe we've all, all, always been there and it's just been a part of the, um, evolution of humanity. You know, we're just waiting so that we can take our place amongst the stars. If you will.
0: We started off the conversation talking about your experience at the age of four with shadow people. who we maybe analogy likened it to a video game? So how do you get back into the game? Does it just happen spontaneously, or have you over time developed some sort of a practice or methodology to to literally get to immerse yourself back in that game?
1: I think so. I think um, spiritual practice plays a big part, and that's just about being mindful. Uh, mindfulness. Eckhart Tolle, you know, became a best-selling author and a millionaire off of teaching people the power of the present moment, and so I in. When we go into deep meditation, when we stargaze, and or it's a plant medicine journey, no matter what it is, there's this message that comes back to you, and it resounds over and over. Be present. Put your feet on the earth and and be in the moment. And so, once you've you've had some of these these experiences, or you've trained your mind to be present, I think it comes through gratitude and being thankful for this. Looking back at my past and looking back at you know rough times in our lives that, that we felt victims to look back at it and kind of reconcile it in our minds and be thankful for everything that, that happened and just to be able to experience it. So I think that gratitude and mindfulness immediately brings us back into uh, the now moment so that we're not on autopilot and just becoming almost like an NPC in a video game where they're just characters that, that aren't lucid in the dream. Right. And so I think that that's what we are when we become lucid in the dream. We, there's things that I would say become a portal, become something that reminds you that you're in the dream. Um, spirituality is huge for that. You know, just like the movie The Matrix, when you would see the synchronicities, you would see the deja vu or what we would call the glitch in the matrix. Like that happens now and, and it can happen daily. And so I think that, you know, spiritual practice is something that keeps us in the moment and knowing that. We're being tested, we're being tried, and there are more levels and there's greater things to come. And so, I, for me, it is spirituality, but it's different things. They're like, it's not something that's small, it is something that's really big, um, whether it is seeing a UFO or staring into the eyes of your lover, you know, the birth of a child, the smell of a rose, the uh, eating good food, uh, drinking a glass of wine. There's so many things that we become thankful and we have this appreciation. And, and I think applying that to every area of our lives is how we pass and defeat those bosses that try to steal your joy, that try to make you feel depressed and give you anxiety. And all of that's what those, those enemies are doing. That's what those bosses and they get good and they get harder at different levels. And, um, once we defeat those bosses and get to those levels, we take, we get a piece of their armor, we get a new weapon, we get experience, And so all of that, I think applied to our lives helps us to be, mindful that and be in the moment to know that everything that I say everything that I do it all matters it all ripples so let me be mindful of what I say and and speak life and speak blessings and help people and those kind of things and all of that adds up to this this journey and say okay now you've mastered that stuff where you would have you know gotten a fight with that individual or you would have cursed that person out now you just waved and kept looking, you've passed the test. We got greater things for you. There's so many scriptures about how God, uh, if he can trust you with small things that you'll become ruler and, uh, over more, and it'll expound your territories and give more things unto you, but even, you know, finances and money and jobs and stuff like that. Like if I can trust you with $5 to, if I whisper in your ear, Hey, buy this person of hamburger, buy them dinner with that last $5. Um, and you and you pass that test, the creator is the orchestrator, the author and finisher of all of this, and you do it. I think that greater doors will open up new levels of hey, give them five hundred, give them five thousand. I know people who give buildings away, but I think that they started off giving five dollars away, ten dollars, pay that person's light bill right and so you're used in by the Creator, you're in communion now going back to mindfulness and the, the smile of a dog and looking at my wife and my t- children, the creator speak, is speaking through everything. So we're looking and listening because if you can't see God in all, then you can't see God at all. And that's the thing about awakening is that even though one may practice religion, one may practice a spiritual path, everything is religion. Everything is in that spiritual path and God is speaking through everything.
0: So you sound like a spiritual warrior as such. And as you're on this path, are you then marked uh, to be occasionally, I don't know, pulled into a, a portal to confront, let's say, demons? Do you have to battle demons? I'm not, I'm not just talking about the bad bosses mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the sociopaths that walk among us. I'm talking about, you know, the spiritual entities. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, um, for the the entities themselves, for sure. Now, I mean, what what kind, what type? Here's you know, here here's our work. You know, um, I've with how easy spirituality's become. Again, looking at the dog, being thankful for that dog and that with the joy that that dog brings and that creates a moment. Uh, the same is said for the negative. The same is said for um the lower level entities and the the demons and those kind of things and. And it's become as easy as not going into a portal to do battle, it becomes as easy as having a conversation and answering questions and uh, knowing, being able to feel intuitively that somebody's dealing with some stuff. And let me, I wanna make sure that after this interaction, even if it's just a conversation with a stranger that, that, that you feel better about yourself, that you feel better about life, that you feel encouraged. And so in that moment, yeah, all of those things are happening in the midst of a conversation, demons are being cast out, exorcisms are happening in the midst of a conversation. Now, yeah, we do exorcisms, we pray over people, there's those kind of things as well. But it's when you when you know that it's, it's as close as your next conversation of what you say, or what you do, or what you choose, or how you greet somebody, then I think that that is that that thing of being able to be trusted, because some people can only see that, Spiritual warfare only happens when I go into a portal to fight demons or if I only do an exorcism. But no, listen, when I put out my book, when I do a blog, when I release a song, it is changing the consciousness of the people. It is it is helping people deal with their their anxiety. It is helping them deal when we do a prayer that releases anxiety. Yeah, demons are being cast out. All of that's happening without having to be confronted and naming the demon, which again, that happens as well. We do that. But um, it, it's a part of our everyday life. And, uh, and, and the scriptures have ex- existences and, and, and periods where that happened. Where there was a, there was a situation in, in the book of Kings where uh, she, the queen of Sheba was trying to withstand Solomon because he had all of the wisdom that he asked for. But it was a war of the gods, it was a war of the, the um, intellect and the religion of the day. And so she got with her people and devised all of these questions that they knew that Solomon could never answer. Now, whether well, were, they were about spirituality, the spirit realm, philosophy, I'm sure they tackled every subject. And so they had this huge meeting of the minds and they come together and they had a debate. And Solomon answered every single one of her questions. And, and the it, scriptures is interesting because after that, it said the evil spirit left her all he did was answer her questions and give her truth. And she had ungodly beliefs and all of these, this wrong thinking. And he answered the questions and the evil spirit that was plaguing her that we didn't even know was there. The scripture says it left her. So even through the midst of a conversation, the midst of watching a beautiful movie where you're crying and in tears, and that's how powerful everything that we do is with spiritual warfare and casting out and fighting and battling demons. So there's a lot less of, Going into portals and realms and things like that to do it. Honestly, I started off with a lot of that stuff until I was until I saw that I could defeat those demons by not giving into temptation, by not giving into um, whatever it was that was trying to pull me out of that present moment that Eckhart totally talks about. Things are trying to remove us and get us to to sin against ourselves and do things that we would uh, never do under under regular circumstances. And that's how you pass the test. And the demon's gone. It loses its power. You defeat it just in making a real world decision for sure.
0: What are your thoughts on communing with the dead? This is something we're told in church, you know, that it's verboten, right? We don't do that.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, that's a iffy one. That's a scary one. Again, I deal with a lot of Christians and, and they would stay far away from that. Um, but I think upon further study, you know, we got to understand Christianity in, in its conception. It comes from the East. Is that it was an Eastern spiritual practice before it became a religion in the West. So I think it helps to look at the spiritual practices in the East, whether it's Buddhism or Hinduism or maybe even some of Islam, some of the things that they do. And then we can see what Christianity at least was at some point, some pieces of it. And so those traditions that I just named, they practice communing with the dead. They all believe that they're. Um, teachers, once they passed, continue to teach them from beyond the grave. And I'm Native American, and that's huge with them to honor the ancestors and to um, make them proud and even be taught by them, even in the, the spiritual path and the spiritual tradition. So when it comes to Christianity, that seems like that's uh, blasphemous. But there's, a, there's an instance in the scriptures where Jesus goes to pray on top of the mountain, and he goes upon the top of what they call it, Mount Transfiguration, and he goes and he takes Peter, James, and John with him, so it's almost like we got a candid look of what happens when Jesus prays, when Jesus would disappear for hours and commune with God, and he would pray, Um, he goes up into the mountain, and he has these disciples, apostles with him, and he prays, and then his raiment changes, his clothing and his face, he changes, and he wears white robes and Um, Moses and Elijah appear, and they begin to talk with him, and they begin to teach Jesus, and Peter, James, and John are privy to see this for the first time. Now, uh, it's my understanding that this happened a lot more than just this one time that we have record of in the scriptures. So I think that is something very similar, and the Bible talks about in Hebrews that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that they're rooting for us, that they're cheering for us, and they're even teaching from the other side. And I think we got to see that scripturally in that instance where Jesus goes onto to the top of the Mount Transfiguration. And even in a lot of charismatic circles now, there's stories about modern day preachers and apostles who have passed away in the last 20 years, who people have are getting these downloads and feeling like God is calling them to go and rent a hotel room for the for the weekend and they don't know why they don't have a reason they're obedient to that voice to that inner knowing that quickening in their spirit and they go and do it and people have claimed that their teachers show up and teach them for the whole weekend in spirit form that God told them to to get the hotel and do it so again most people say hey that's that's blasphemous i don't think god does that he did it in the scriptures we see we see him doing it And many other instances where even uh, Samuel comes back and as a ghost and and teaches and they conjure him up and ask him to come and things like that. So I don't think it's that that much out of the realm of possibility, even in Christendom. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? peril, right? Because you could be dealing with familiars or, uh, lower energy entities. How do you, how do we guard against that?
1: Yeah. So I believe that the type of life that you're living on the earth, again, those levels, shadow, shadow beings are at level one at level six. There's other things that, that shadow beings can't even, they can't touch you. They can't get, they can't get you. You may have a test, you may have a trial, but uh, a pop quiz, if you will, in the earth school. But whatever you're doing on the earth, when, when you tap into the spirit world, you're going to be able to see and be greeted by the beings that are associated with the deeds that you're doing on the earth. I started off at level one and I started off at getting into witchcraft and getting into, um, I mean, I, I was a, I was a misguided teen, but I was using drugs and alcohol and, and stealing and robbing and uh, gang activity, and so I was dealing with the occult that was mixed with negativity, a lot of stuff, but we would try to summon demons. We would, I, had, I met a warlock who, who would teach me all types of things as a teenager, but the life that I was living wasn't conducive with spirituality, if you will. Um, it was the dark side. It was the easy way in, and so once I tapped in at that level, I got to see the beings that were around me that were associated with the stuff I was doing with robbing people with lying and cheating and deceiving there's energies and vibrational essences that hang around because you, you entertain them. You're an entertainer. You are a open source for that. So when I tapped in as a teenager, I bit off more than I can chew. I'm trying to summon demons and make contact with that world. And we're doing all types of rituals and seances out of every book from every tradition, Wicca, Satanism, Necronomicon, any, you know, anything we can find. And none of them happened until they all happened. Like uh, none of them came through until they all came through at one time, something switched in my mind and in my reality. And I opened up a portal and I got to see the beings that I was entertaining and it was scary. And it was, um, they were, they pulled me in a portal and speak to me and and uh, it was in foreign languages and I couldn't understand. And it was a bunch of them at once. It was scary. Couldn't breathe. My skin turned pale. Um, heart would start racing. And I'd be in mid-conversation with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. We'd be in conversation and I'd get sucked into this portal. And I opened up this door that I couldn't close. And so I got to see what it was like. I began to go schizophrenic. They began to talk to me through through other people uh heightened senses of spirituality as far as esp being able to know what people were thinking when people were looking at you my health started to deteriorate um so i got to i got to say hello to those beings that i was entertaining conducive with the life that i was living that's what drew me back to god right they chastised me they chased me back to my first love to safe ground and that's when i knew i had to get my stuff together I had to get myself right because I was going insane hearing voices and seeing the stuff in my house and gave my life back to God in September 7th of 2000 and that's when I renounced everything, renounced all of that and began to, to live the life of a normal Christian and try to get myself together and and I did and so it was a long hard road and uh, but now everything's kind of come full circle renouncing getting, getting away from all of that stuff but now I feel like God has opened up the door, Now that I, he can trust me with that stuff. Now I'm not a stranger just peering in uh, or kicking down a door. Now the doors are open for me. So now when we tap in with this life of spirituality and trying to help people, and you're really doing the inner work. So you get to say hello and greet the beings that you're now um, entertaining. And those are the higher vibrational beings of love and light, which we'll call the angels i said hello to the demons at first and um a lot, a lot of people start there so i don't think that there's any fear of tapping in or saying hello um if you know that that there's a there's a a veil that god who's the author and finisher of all things the bible says if you ask your father for a fish he's not going to give you a serpent he's not going to give you a snake and trick you if you ask for a loaf of bread he's not going to give you a stone how much more will it give you the things of the spirit of the, or the Holy Spirit? So I had to take that scripture and that knowing into going under the night skies, asking for UFOs, because everybody in my tradition, all of my friends even were like, hey, you're going to get abducted, man. You better ask. You better be careful what asked, you're asking for. So I had to know that I, I knew that I knew. And even today, when we get into spirituality and any of the stuff that I'm talking about, you better know that you better know who you are and you better know whose you are and that that God is for you right if you're going in there and you're just you know dabbling or whatever yeah you could you can open doors that you can't close and so that's my story and everything has come full circle for me so i don't i don't i'm not a victim i don't um i don't get attacked i don't fall into those those circles anymore i know that but i know that if there's there's a level if i was to lower my standard and try to go in through another way there's a level of integrity there's a level of of again, just doing the inner work that you get privileged to the higher realms and the beings that reside on those realms as well.
0: So let's, let's bring it back to the, uh, computer analogy, the video game analogy one last time. So after you achieve all of these levels, sometimes if you get a really high, I don't know if they still do this. I, I come from, you know, the 1970s with pinball, but if you got a really high score, you get a free game. Yeah. So do you believe in the free game? I mean, the afterlife, the next, the next thing?
1: I do. I'm I'm no expert. Um, Everything is is slippery. If you will, I have beliefs and, and um, I talk to a lot of people about death and death is something that's, you know, just as normal as, as, uh, as, as life. And so my belief is, yeah, that, that again, in this game, the free game that you get, that, that this place, earth is a school that we're being tested, that we're being tried, even as fire, so that we can ascend, ascend to the higher realms. Whether you're a conduit on this this side of eternity, or the next. So, looking at again the example of Jesus and what happened, what he did, he ascended, and he he became an ascended master. He was a, a master as a teacher. It's the same word they they use that word. They call them master, and he ascended. The Bible says he ascended into the heavens. He is a ascended master. He may be the ascended master, right? Um. So he did his test and he heard the voice of God that says, behold my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's the, that's what we all want to hear when we step into this spirituality, hope maybe you get to hear it on this side of eternity, because it's pretty encouraging to know that you're doing the right things. But I would look at the experience Peter, James, and John had the, the uh, patriarchs of the Bible, the, the great cloud of witnesses, if you will that they passed their test and there's, there's jobs on the other side. And so they began as they ascend it. Now they can teach from the other side. Now they, now they're, they have jobs and duties. The Bible says that we'll even judge the angels. I think that that's a role. That's a job that we'll judge the fallen angels. When we step into eternity, maybe the, the great day of judgment that happens and people have different roles. Now, do you get to reincarnate and keep coming back and keep doing it again? The idea of reincarnation that you have to deal with your karma, you have to ascend, really. And so maybe the, the patriarchs who were all like spiritual guys that were doing the inner work, um, maybe they reached that level. And so they stopped incarnating on the earth and they received their crown. They received their, their role in their job. Um, because when it comes to reincarnation, definitely it's not outside of the question of biblical christianity either because when john the baptist was on the scene all of the jewish people of the day were asking and speaking amongst themselves is this elijah who has come back because they they understood this notion that people get to come back the spirit of elijah will come back and revisit us and so they're asking this about john the baptist and they asked jesus and he he didn't really tell them and then uh later they asked about this the spirit of elijah again when will we know and he said listen the spirit of Elijah's already come and you guys didn't even know it. You want You were waiting on this answer, but you couldn't discern his spirit. You couldn't discern the message that Elijah carried and continued to carry even from beyond the grave. So whether that was his essence of what he stood for, his mantle of what he represented, you know, there's some nuance there, or if it was literally his spirit that got to come through another body and was aware and other people were aware and expected it. So the reincarnation thing is not that far outside of the realm of belief in Christianity either.
0: Truth tell us about uh, your your YouTube channel, your podcast, your uh, your music. Let's start with yeah. your music. That's such a big part sure. of who you are.
1: Yeah, um every everything that we've been talking about I've um I'm just trying to find ways to articulate it and definitely through the arts, you know, there's inspiration, there's creativity, there's uh, articulation that comes with it. Uh, through these podcasts and just through talking and sharing my story. But music is is very big. Um, I started out as a Christian rapper, right? If I was a Christian early on and getting into hip-hop music and I would tell my story at churches about the demons that used to mess with me and how to get free of them and those kind of things. And uh, until my spiritual evolution just started kind of um, expanding and uh, finding books that were taken out of the Bible and some of the other, even information from other religions that said the same things that were in the Bible. I became more open in my spiritual journey and I began to incorporate all of that in my music. So from being a Christian evangelist and a Christian rapper, if you will, now we're talking about gazing into the heavens and, and telepathic communication and downloads. So all of this is now being added in the music and the seraphim and the cherubim that they travel through the stars. And so that stuff just started leaking into my music is what I was going through. And that's a, as a Psalmist, as a writer, as a poet, you're going to write about what you're going through. And so my music shifted from being just Christian, religious, like fundamental Christian music to this all inclusive, ever growing expansive vocabulary of being able to incorporate all of that stuff. So I used, um hip hop and uh, spiritual hip hop to, to get the message out there and, a lot of people know know me exclusively through that I, you know i've been doing that my first spiritual hip hop album came out in 2012 and um i just been trying to do an album every year or every other year and it's it's been it's been opening up people for for their own journey and their own it's been the soundtrack for their awakening so it's been something amazing that i've been able to bring to the table
0: you just i don't think they use this term anymore i'm i'm uh, revealing my age and my analog uh, past, I guess, but you just cut a new album. They don't say that anymore. Do they cut a new album? Cut a new record? i say record. they dropped. 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 Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess in cutting, cutting would be in, in the actual record, right? The, the grooves. Do, there you go. You which, see. which, Hey, those are coming back, right? That's those... right.
0: Is, is the name of the new album, white magic. Is that the one?
1: White magic. Yep. Came out October 6th. Yeah.
0: And how do we get a copy? How do we You don't go to the record shop anymore. How do you do that?
1: Well, everybody's different how they listen to and consume music. So for those who want CDs and still do that, it's not a lot of people, but some, they want something physical. You can go to truthseeker.com and get that, but it is on all the streaming platforms, um, iHeart Radio and iTunes and Spotify and and those places as well. So you can check it out there as well as my entire discography. I've got, I've got a lot of music.
0: And you also do retreats, spiritual retreats. Yes. You've got one coming up, I think, November the 20th with someone called Illuminati Congo.
1: Oh, yeah. Good friend of mine. Good friend of mine. That guy's a, that guy's amazing. Um, yeah, we've been doing these retreats. I started at the beginning of 2020, just going out for myself and uh, opened it up to take people with me and um, made seats available, rooms available. Then they sold out within 24 hours. And so it was something that people were driving from all over the country and flying in to to come hang out with us and go on a spiritual retreat, go hiking and stargazing and everything that we do. And um, it's been amazing. So, yeah, I got one coming up with uh, November 20th with Illuminati Congo. We try to do them um, quarterly. So, yeah. And all that's at truthseeker.com as well. This is just for the guys, right? This is kind of a male bonding Uh, thing. It started out as that, but we do open up co-ed as well. So, yeah, we have Mm co-ed.
0: All right and um the spirit realm how do we get a copy
1: spirit realm amazon would be the best place it's available on amazon spirit realm angels demons spirits and the sovereignty of god forward by jordan maxwell available on amazon i think that's the best place to go to get it Mm -hmm.
0: and finally the podcast
1: podcast again is on all streaming platforms um Uh, I enjoy the YouTube side of it because my music videos and everything's on YouTube as well. And the video cast is on YouTube. Um, So you can listen to it wherever you consume media.
0: I enjoyed uh, hanging out with you for the last hour. Thank you so much for this. I hope we can do it again.
1: I enjoyed it so much, Richard. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you to our friend Micah Dank for, for introducing me to you. Uh, Thank you so much, Micah and Richard. It was a pleasure. Thank you for, for having me. My pleasure.